Hello, and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece. And I'm Peter, your other co-host. You almost forgot that time. Um, you managed. Rude. <laughs> so, this week, our book was The Collapsing Empire by John Scalzi. Peter, how'd you like it? Um, I've now read this book three times since it came out, <laughs> which I think was a two years ago. Wait, uh, the first time was two years ago? Well, the first time was about a year ago, actually, when you got it. Okay. And, and then you yeah, edited it for me. I edited it, and then I edited it again for myself. <laughs> and then, uh, then I listened to it again. And then you read it for real. And then, for realsy. For, the for all the The third one's the only one that counts. Obviously. <laughs> Bad news, guys. I've only read it once, but it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, it's one of those books that's like, it's a sci-fi book that no one's, I feel like no one's really talking about. But I don't. I don't think that's true. I haven't John seen Kelsey's a lot. a pretty known author. Yeah, but like, CC, the Amazon only has six hundred and seventy-two reviews. That's not a lot. I know it's not. Okay, it's really disappointing for the community. Huh? It's really disappointing, you know, by the community. Yeah, guys, step up. Come on. <laughs> anyway, yes, um, I loved it every time I listened to it or read it or listened to it really. <laughs> to be honest, because. Well, it's, it is an Audible exclusive, I think. Is it? Why do we keep doing this to you guys? I'm sorry. Oh, no. They're, wait, <laughs> no, mind. Audible members they did sell. Apple. They did sell paper. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's, um, it's, not, it's not brand new. It's like, what, two years old? One year old? It is. Well, the Collapsing Empire won the 2018 Hugo Award. Or a finalist. He was a finalist for it. So it must have come out in 17 then. So, yeah, it might be like a year and a half old. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. So, it's relatively um, recent. Oh, yeah, March 21st, 2017. Okay, there you go. And the sequel is coming out next month. And we're so very excited. excited. <laughs> yeah, this book was extremely good. And it was also, P.S., by chance, the perfect follow-up to Foundation. We keep doing this. We're so good. <laughs> Where it's, it's planned every time. <laughs> every time. This one, okay, to be fair, this one's a little planned. We were just like, that's about a collapsing empire. This is about a collapsing empire. But, like, I feel like most of what we talked about with Foundation is how sexist it was. And this because Foundation like, all about the strong women. Because Foundation was heavily sexist, but it came out in the 50s. This came out a year and a half ago. Yes. If this was sexist, they would have crucified the author. Yes, very true. But this so. one was like way overcorrected. <laughs> Not in a bad way, just in a well, you went hard in the other direction way. <laughs> like, there's an empress. Yes. It's an emperor. I like that it's a gender-neutral term. That's a good move. <clears throat> I do like that. I like how it's just like all all the emperors. So I guess let's let's jump in. and I, I'm assuming you love the book. You already said so. So like, what do you think of kind of the, the interdependency as a whole? I think it's genius. Because I think that I can totally see a universe where the where the way that we get around interstellarly is like an accident of physics and not something we have any control over. Yeah. And so when they said that the interdependency was like if you looked at a map of the galaxy, it wouldn't make any sense only because that's the way the flow like moved and they only settled in in places that the flow brought them right right i think it's it's such a cool idea and i and like sort of a reasonable idea to me and like a, a very rational one 
Yeah, so for sure. I thought I thought that was extremely cool. Um, it was an interesting, I guess, political structure. Um, and they kept, I guess, talking about like the lie of the interdependency, and right. I for a while I was like, I'm sorry, what what was the lie part? Like I'm not I'm not saying this is like great, but what what was the lie part? And I guess the lie was like that it it was necessary for humanity to be structured that way. I mean, so that's the part of this book I always disagree with, right? They were talking about so like the um <clears throat> the the prophet was like, yeah, it was it was a marketing scheme. Um, which I thought was hilarious, first of all. That is interesting. But it was like, yeah, uh, humanity doesn't really need it. But then I, I was looking at this, and I was like, well, hold on. It sounds like they do a little bit. Yeah, that exact structure. Well, no, with, so I always looked at this as, like, as, especially with, like, the families, as uh-huh. being basically capitalism gone wrong. Yeah. Or maybe not necessarily gone wrong, but to an extreme, Right. Yes. Like, they, this is clearly... I mean, they talk about it all the time. They each have a monopoly on certain things. Right. But, you know, you look at it and you realize that, well, it's a bunch of can pretty much inhabit, uninhabitable systems with the, ex- mm-hmm. the one exception of that. Right. Right? Yes. And if they went to war with each other because they were self-sufficient, everyone would lose. So the interdependency with its mega corporations and its monopolies tying it all together ensures that if one kind of separates from the whole, it dies pretty quickly because it has no self-sufficiency. Like the House of yeah. Wu has the monopoly on you know military research and shipbuilding, right? So therefore, it's definitely going to be the strongest house. All right, well then it, if someone else was able to build ships, they might build them enough for them to challenge the House of Wu, and then you have civil war. Yeah. I mean, the structure definitely works. It kept a stable empire for a thousand years. That just doesn't just happen accidentally. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, I think it was necessary. Because we look at people, and people are crappy, and people declare war for no reason. And we're shitty to each other. It's, it's true. You know, it makes sense that something like this would be what does it. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess the problem... Here's, I would say, like one of the few weaknesses of this book is Cardinia comes in like pretty meh about you know the empire in general and like slowly throughout the book gets kind of like contemptuous towards it as she finds out more about it but it doesn't seem like there's any point where we have a picture of like who is screwed by this system like we're only dealing with the people who are benefited by it so it's hard to like agree with oh, this is, like, a immoral system. You know what I mean? Like, we're not seeing poverty or anything like that. No, you're right. <clears throat> and I think and at I, some point... It, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know if it, it's just supposed to be that, like, the people who are screwed by it are the planets that are dependent, I guess, because they're screwed now because of the flow collapse. Or if, like, the Empire is supposed to just generally sort of be insufficient. <laughs> well... I see it like this, that they talk about, like, the noble lie because, like, if you look at it, that it was, you know, they have, like, this whole church of interdependency. Right. And it's not hugely necessary. But she's talking about how, kind of, the I think she gets contemptuous towards the Empire as soon as she basically starts realizing that something's wrong. Um, and, she finds that, and she finds out that there's probably something wrong pretty early on as soon as she goes in the memory room, basically. 
Yeah. I think it's the first time she's in there that she talks to her dad, and he's like, oh, by the way. <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah. Our, our rip. Uh, have fun. <laughs> with the flow collapse. So, like, I love her memory room, Dad. Yeah, her memory room is hilarious. He's like, I have no emotions. I have no ego. <laughs> You're screwed, and I, I, I loved you as much as I could. <laughs> I loved you okay. <laughs> you were f- fine. Not an emperor, certainly. Daddy, do you think I'll be a good emperor? No. <laughs> you, we need a strong one. You're weak. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. <laughs> pretty rough. <laughs> it's like a harsh. Can't really fault him, though. Just being honest. Uh, yeah, and he, he warned her he has no ego. <laughs> and he, they did say, we can turn that on if you want. But, he's uh, like he's like asking you about this makes gives you the illusion that I care and that's good for you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Amazing. Oh man. Um anyway, but I think she become, a point. <laughs> I think she starts to hate the Empire because she realizes that it screwed humanity over. Because I mean I don't remember I don't think they ever really said explicitly how many systems there were, did they? I don't think so. I I, they might have dropped it at once or twice, but you know, say they have, say they have twenty systems, yeah. right? Which I think is probably low, but let's say that one in twenty of them is going to live through the the collapse of the flow because there's a habitable system, right? Like that's it, right? I'm also wondering why someone didn't try to kind of modernize um, end anyway, because like why would you? Yeah, why would you rely comp- not modernize but like? Civilize it. And it's civilized. It has a duke and everything. It has a duke, but they're like, they have civil wars once every ten years. Yeah, I guess. But like... That's not civilized. Why do they have civil wars every ten years? Because they send all the criminals there. Because what? They send all the criminals there. Oh, it's Australia. I forgot. It's Australia, yeah. I love it. I I love that they have a penal colony. Why would they send people? Okay, it seems like Ed would be the nicest place to live, other than the fact that it's remote. Well, here's why they don't send people there. Because, or here's why they do send people there, rather. Um, it's because every other system, right, you're living on you're living on habitats, you're living under domes, right? There's very limited space. So everyone that's there has to be contributing something valuable to the whole. Having a prison there isn't very helpful. So they probably have, like, a small one for, like, minor things or something like that. That'll be like, you know, you're here for six months and you're out. Or maybe they just rely pretty much just on fines and other... And maybe, like, basic corporeal punishment for, like, you know, regular stuff. And then if you're, like, a real criminal, they send you to end. Because they don't really worry about space. Because they have an atmosphere that's breathable. I which guess. apparently is... You can premium. be a deadbeat on end, no problem. Exactly. We don't need you to be useful. Yeah, because they have all this space and like the plants taking care of them. Here, here's a side note: we we draw the comparisons between like the social structure of Collapsing Empire and Foundation. Uh huh. But it's weird how like Foundation's like yeah, the universe is lousy with habitable worlds. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> and then like the the uh, the independency has literally won. <laughs> well, you know, it's probably also a matter of time, like. We probably believe that as a society in the 50s, but, like, lately, I don't know, we have a lot more data on the prevalence of habitable worlds, and it's sort of like, I mean, how many Earth-like planets have we found? Like, three? Yeah, you're right, but that's, yeah, and, like, we're not obviously not sure about them, 
if we were sure about them, I would, we, there would probably be some sort of movement to build a generation ship. Yeah, seriously. Um, but. So, I mean, now, I feel like we have a much more sort of negative outlook on the likelihood of finding worlds that we could just, like, move in, like, move in ready turnkey worlds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was just sad. Because every little kid, and I was one of the little kids that got all the space books, was like, have little worlds. We'll be colonizing them soon. Were and they? it's sad. What? <laughs> Were they? I mean, I didn't I have was. a big fa- space phase as a kid, but I was kind of like, oh, cool, Mars. You know? <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about colonizing other other systems. Oh, see, see, you gotta think bigger. I was a big thinker Apparently. as a little kid. Yeah, I don't know okay, what happened. Right here. <laughs> you found out that there's not that many Earth-like planets. And I got cr- all my dreams got crushed, and I make all a podcast. And I make <laughs> you're a podcaster. <laughs> so here's where I'm at. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, you're probably right. It's probably a matter of like back in the time they were like, yeah, space travel is coming. We'll have faster than light. So, I mean, look at 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Well, like, 2001: A Space Odyssey had us just going to Jupiter or Saturn. <clears throat> yeah, but like we did it confidently. <laughs> And with, in like, 2001. This is, this is not a big deal. Yeah. Well, it was the first manned mission. It was a big deal. Yeah, but they also had cryogenics <laughs> that worked. That's true. Well, anyway, we, we already discussed that. Now once that. the robot got involved. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, harsh. <laughs> Quite apart from that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, End, end kind of seems like a cool place. But I, I see yeah. your point. I would I, chill it out. How end. much, like, literally, it was, like... All of the population criminals? I don't feel like no. we got that into it. <clears throat> no, no, no. They're, they weren't all criminals. I mean, like, there were obviously people going to, you know, university. I don't see, like, Jesse James are going to university. <laughs> True so, enough. You know, there, there's obviously some normal people. And I bet some people were like, hey, it's cool having, you know, a sky. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder if part oh. of the punishment was that people who grew up in, um in you know habitats weren't comfortable with open open space you know well, that was the cool thing they talked about a lot that was like it freaked people out yeah it's really interesting like this is way too much open space and how in return mars was uh freaked out when he went to um hubfall and Hub yeah because it was like completely confined xian yeah well hubfall yeah. too i mean that was a network of, that was a dome city yeah but Xi'an was probably worse because of... I mean, I don't know. I think the Dome City might have been worse because he knew he was on Earth. Or not, not Earth. He knew he was on a planet. A planet, yeah. And he did not have a sky and could God. not get one. It's just interesting that in a thousand years of Empire, nobody terraformed anything. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, come on, guys. We can we can figure this out. You guys figured out basically artificial gravity. And yeah, yet, that's true. That's true. You have your... That was also an interesting thing. Yeah. I like how they it's decided that idea. we we can't get um, why couldn't they ever figure out pull fields <laughs> <laughs> like why were they all push fields <laughs> why was that so much harder <laughs> I have no idea maybe um what was it consuming fire or whatever it's called maybe that'll maybe, explain ma- maybe they'll be like alright guys listen up <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, push fields but it, it is a cool idea that like they're like yeah we could never make like you know, gravity. That's ridiculous. But we could push yeah. on stuff. Yeah, this book is very clear on the technological limitations of humanity. But like, it also seems like there's not a lot of innovation. 
Yeah, well, maybe that's sort of the same thing as a foundation. There's a certain amount of stagnation when, A, your economy's, con- like, entirely controlled by monopolies. Yes. And it's bad. B, you know, people are totally dependent on that, so there's not really any room for innovation. Like, people just, they just survive and, and serving the monopolies that they serve. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like they're getting bigger. Like, you know, they're talking about fivers and, like, newer tenors. Like... Yeah. I, by the way, it took me forever to realize they meant, like, 10 ER. Like, I heard them say tenor, and I was like, what? Tenor? Oh, like T-E-N-O-R? Like, yeah, that's what I thought. And I was like, what the fuck? Why are they calling them that? Then they explained the whole, like, five-year thing, and I was like, oh, okay. I've got a new soprano at the shipyard. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, bass is a lost cause, though. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, yeah. Think, I mean, yeah, they have, like, new franchisees and stuff like that. Like, they do innovate. I mean, like, you saw, um, I forget the name of the house. Lagos? Uh, Lagos, yes. Like, House Lagos was coming up with, like, new types of fruit, and that was cool. And, like, I think that was kind of a cool thing. But that, it's not, it's not a real innovation. It's just, like, you've spliced fruit differently. It is about, interesting, though. I mean, like, why would they even be motivated to do that? They have no competition. Yeah, exactly. Which seemed weird to me. That's like I, the whole problem with monopolies is that there's no one to compete with, so there's like no reason. There's to no drive to better. improve. Yeah. Well, I think House Lagos was like was one of you know the not I'm not gonna say good, but like the better houses. Like, more I think active, they, sort of. I think they more understood that idea, whereas the house of oh fuck. Mohammed Piton. Mohammed Piton. Um, <laughs> that's I have no name. idea how to spell that. <laughs> None. <laughs> but the House of Muhammad Peden was like, let's just get control, and that's really all they care. All they cared about was power ambition. They didn't care about like improving their monopoly. What even Do we was even know their what monopoly? Their monopoly? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know if they ever said it. It's it's just like they're like yeah. They fuck probably mentioned it. They probably mentioned it in the beginning. Their monopoly is arrogance. <laughs> their monopoly is calling their children scions, which was always very cool. <laughs> <laughs> That is a cool move. It's a power move, and everyone knows it. <laughs> no, Hama Pete and Scions. <laughs> like, is a Scion, too, but nobody calls her that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But it's, um... It's, it's like, very... I think House Lagos is, like, definitely a more active, like, more of a... They want to see, like, growth total. You know, and so they try to better themselves, they try to better the Monopoly, and yeah, they didn't let anyone screw them, and they weren't nice about it. Yeah. But they, um, you know, they tried to make an effort. Mohammed Peden was just trying to, you know, get in the Ampero. Yeah. The Lagos matriarch is a magnificent queen. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> as soon as she entered, I was just like, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, bitch, please. <laughs> Go. I love, when, I love when she goes Be and free. confronts Mohammed Peden, and yeah. then... And it's like he was just looking at her with admiration. <laughs> he was just looking at her with absolute awe. He has been like such a such a also magnificent queen this whole time, but it just turns around like, "Mother, I love you." It's just being blown apart by her mom tearing this person into shreds. Amazing, absolutely oh, was... amazing. Oh gosh. I want to. It's like I want to meet the heir. The oh, heir. Whoever's actually the heir. Yeah, doesn't Kiva have like seven siblings or something? Uh, yeah, she's one of, she's like the last of a big family. Yeah. That's why she's like, doesn't really give a shit, because she doesn't have to worry about, like, 
taking over the ha the house business. Yeah, she's got to do a good job on her tours and then have like a cushy office job. Yeah. God, it's hilarious though. Yeah. <laughs> she's so funny. <laughs> I love when she like finds out that the uh, the Duke of End like thinks cursing is a sign of like an inferior mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's <laughs> like just trying to contain it the whole time, like talking really carefully, <laughs> yeah. and then just letting loose. That's one thing I will say about this Kindle version, or not the Kindle, the audiobook version, is that like they did a good job with the voices. <laughs> Do you think so? I didn't feel like there was that much variety. I thought like the t I didn't think the variety in the voices. I thought the tempo of the voices was really good. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, like uh, that it was, was sort of more where the variety was. You could, like, feel the apprehension in her voice when she was, like, very clearly trying not to curse. Yeah. It was a it was a lively, lively narration. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't just, like, a deadpan reading of the book. Oh, yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I, I, I am excited. I think there was a lot of variety the in the voices. But that is just me. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. I, um... So, one thing I thought it was kind of cool about this, and it... It was something that they overcame in Foundation, but they did not in this. Is the idea of communication over an interstellar empire? Like, yeah. They were very much a whenever it gets there, like you won't hear like it'll take two years for things to get from hubfall to hubfall. Yeah. So that was kind of a, that was a cool idea to me. Yeah. Again, the technological limitations are very clear. They you know have to send it with the ship. Yeah. They have. I mean, and like the most technological thing they have is their mail drones. Yeah. That's, um, that's nothing. There were, like, no robots or anything. Nothing true. that came up. Yeah, the it closest thing to that we have is when um, they had, like, that shuttle autopilot into the, the tenor. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't think that was most autopilot, it was, like, remote control. Yeah. I don't so know if it was remote control, but it was, it was like, a pre preordained path. Yeah, it was pro it was programmed. It wasn't like being piloted so much. It was just sort of being pointed and shot. Yeah, exactly. So like, that seems That's true. Weird. I, I don't mean, know. I guess <clears throat> they have the limitations, but it also seems like why would you not use this? Especially because um, like they figured out that it's uh, artificial intelligence is dangerous. They already went through their artificial intelligence singularity. Yeah, maybe. I think we're going to talk about singularities the rest of this podcast. Like, in, in every episode, we're going to come up with some sort of singularity they passed <laughs> because of that book. I mean, it's a common idea in sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely. I think just the... I, I don't think I've ever heard that terminology before singularity trap. Yeah. But you're right. Um, and I don't know. But I feel like you have all these worlds that are unterraformed or something that having robots that can go out and do it for you on the surface is... Useful would be very useful yes well this this is also one of those books too where it's so far flung in the future that you don't know when humanity left earth like they they don't tell you that i mean they give, they give rough estimates really what when do you think it was i mean i think it was like two thousand years before so there was a thousand years of not empire before the empire or maybe no maybe it was even less because the way i the way i kind of got it was that we lost contact with Earth, there was some turmoil, and then the House of Wu kind of rose triumphant. So, Earth was originally in charge of things. Probably. While it was connected with the flow. I mean, because Earth was habitable. I mean, being habitable and having such a huge population base would have a huge, would make this has a huge amount of impact on the rest of the 
systems. And being until the they discovered, you know, well, Earth was the one sending out colonies and stuff like that. They weren't being sent out by Hub. You're right, but until the time where they discovered End, which I imagine was probably later, because they called it End, right. they... Yeah, kind of sounds like the last one they discovered. Yeah, exactly. Um, what probably happened is most of the resources came from Earth. Until they had, like, you know, established populations, so they were probably pretty dependent on Earth. That's true. So, yeah, I would say... They would have had to, like, create the interdependency to figure out how resources were going to get from one place to another. What I'm going with, it was probably about 1,500 to 2,000 years before, then Earth lost contact with the flow. The flow shifted, (laughs) Earth lost contact. Then there was probably a couple hundred years of, like, oh, shit. And then, kind of, like, there was trading, but it was kind of probably tense, because it wasn't one polity. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the interdependency formed. Right. And then when that when that sort of system years. was clearly not working. Yeah, when it was not working as efficient. Well, actually, I mean, was it not working? Because they talk about like the, the prophetess is talking about like, yeah, we did this for marketing. Like it seemed like very much a power grab. Yeah, but it would have to be, like, appealing enough for people to go with it. Because because, um, Cardinia is like all of the major houses know because they were all there at the beginning and like sure they all got titles and stuff but like you know if the house of Wu was able to grab power like and get like the best monopolies and all that stuff like you would think that some people would be not on board with it and i assume they were i assume there was like some sort of war involved but but it didn't matter because hub had control of all the flocials basically all the ones that mattered yeah. So they just camped and yeah. killed anyone I mean, who was competing with them? They talked about how the major issue of Mahampedon um, <clears throat> taking control of End was that they had the flow shoal and they could defend it really easily with very few ships. Yeah, although it is a little confusing for me because they're still Imperial Marines and I don't see them listening to Granny when he's like, attack the like other Imperial Marine ships that are coming through. Like, I was kind of confused by that. <clears throat> Well, you're right, because, like, they said, that, you know, the bridge crew and all, that was Muhammad Pete and Loyalists, but I can't imagine they filled the entire ship with Marines that were Loyalists. Yeah, there would at least be some sort of, like, competition there. There would definitely be enough conf- chaos, I believe, to... That they you know, would I mean, not be an effective fighting unit. I guess we'll find out on October 16th, but... Oh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, I mean... What idea was? What's oh, shit, I don't know. I don't know um, maybe she went to end herself. But she said it, it needed to end with another lie. What was the lie? Me, mm. Mm. I don't know. This this is a bad bit because neither of us have any idea. What do you think? I am. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. I was just wondering if you had a theory. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> Maybe she's going to say something about of importance. I think the lie is going to be something about trying to get people to immigrate to end as fast as possible. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because, so again, you don't want to cause mass chaos. And you don't also want, like, people to freak out about being the ones on the boat to end. Right, like, right. If you only, you only have so many lifeboats. And yeah, exactly. People know that there's only so many lifeboats and none of them are going to work because <laughs> people are going to go crazy. Maybe she's gonna lie about like a lot of resources and try to have like a gold rush to end. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So you gotta get people there. 
it doesn't sound like the interdependency has that many people relative to a planet. I mean, it, and it doesn't strike it me. Can't, it can't. It can't. Yeah. Yeah, because it just feels on never, habitats and domes. They also never talked about population, did they? The population think, of the interdependency? They probably dropped it once or twice. But here, I think as they talked about when they were talking about how the fact that like no one's building new habitats anymore. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, this is like, your sole you have, way like, of living. have, strong population controls on? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, you have to have seriously strong population controls to do that. Yeah. Because, like, there's no other way around it. Because if you're not building... I mean, unless you're just, like, sending your other children to end. That doesn't seem likely either. <laughs> well, sorry, third. <laughs> That's sucks. what happens to thirds in this universe. Ender <laughs> <laughs> just got bullied. To end. That's why they call <laughs> it end. to end. Or is it why they call him Ender? End of the family? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal if the Nahamapetans do have control? Like, it's just one planet, you know? And I guess it's, like, the future of humanity. But, I don't know, do they seem, like, inherently evil enough I that so. it's, like, a big deal? Like, is it worth going to war over this? She was willing to kill her brother for... Yeah, she was, but she's not even going to be the one in charge. Granny's going to be the one in charge. And I'm not saying Granny's a saint, but, like... Granny is, like, a sociopath. Uh, I don't know. I think Nadasha is the bigger sociopath here. I think they're all sociopaths. Yeah, Ahmed, he was okay. He was just kind of the dumb one who went along with things. He wasn't <laughs> even that dumb. He just wasn't as smart as them. <laughs> yes! I he's mean, he figured out what was he... happening, like, a second before it happened. He just, uh, wasn't early enough. Yeah, I mean, two seconds would have been better, but okay. Yeah, thanks, Ahmed. Fuck well, you, I mean, Cardinia survived. That was a really affecting scene, that whole thing. Yeah, it was, like, really kind of jarring. Yeah, like, the, there was, like, a very visceral fear in, like, the idea of being that close to space and, like, having, like, the, the vacuum doors closing. Yeah. And, like, her people shoving her through but not making it through themselves. It was just, like, it was a very, very good scene. Yeah, I agree. It was like a, you got like a, a very real reaction to it. Yeah. Which I don't know is, is a sign of like a well written book. Totally. And a well delivered book. Good job, Will Wheaton. Good job, Will Wheaton. <laughs> you were you were hesitant when you found out he was the uh, narrator. I was only because I didn't like. Well, he has like a harsh voice sometimes that I don't enjoy because it feels like mm-hmm. too put on. But he only used that sometimes in this book. <laughs> Or at least when he did, I didn't notice it as much. Like, even when I started listening to it, and he was like, and the mutineers would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> I was like, that's a little much, Will Wheaton. But okay, Will Wheaton. He, he won me over in the end. Come I love that opening. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought opens. we were going to keep hanging out with those people, but I guess not. I, I thought it was gone, interesting dude. that the captain then then still made the deal with the pirates. <laughs> that was, that a was surprising, funny. surprising thing. That they that just sort of dropped casually. Yeah. And then they never talked about that ship again. Yeah. Like, that just was just like, over. Yeah, they got pirated. But we think the captain did it. They and got, we're like, oh. They got pirated. Captain is a mercenary over here. <laughs> I'm Ooh, convinced that the captain didn't that? do it. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> Justice for the captain, whose name we forget because it was in the beginning. Yeah, but I think that they were like, I think what probably happened is like, they boarded and just took the things. I'm like, I think you probably boarded. I think they were probably boarding anyway. Anyway, maybe she did take the money, but she was like, we're going to lose the cargo, so I might as well get paid. Yeah, that's true. I could see her making that choice. Which I can respect. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed her. (laughs) 
<laughs> that like super awesome piloting moment and then she's like hey great job pa-pow <laughs> that was great um, I love kind of like I, so one thing I thought was cool about that scene is it showed that like everyone kind of gets together in the face of stranded in space so like yeah. everyone settled back into their roles her exo went back to like the navigation seat like it all like settled back in yeah and then she turned around and killed him yeah, I mean, like as soon, like as, as, soon as the danger the was moment. over. It's still, uh... What? It's cool, though, because, like, they, they, they talk about... This comes up a lot in Zyvi, where, like, you know, a, a great danger kind of unites. Mm-hmm. And that... And, like, we, we talked about when we did... Uh, especially when we did The Martian. Yes, for sure. Like, all of Earth was on board with, like, fixing this problem. And, you know, kind yeah. of facing down the danger of space. And then they did it again in, in this one, where, like, everyone even... They were just having a mutiny, but they all was, like... We're back on board. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What you? I, I, it's it. It makes my heart happy. <laughs> it makes my heart. It hopeful. pleases me. Yes, it is um, hopeful. I think it's an empty hope, but it's a hope nonetheless. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's an empty hope. I think humanity unites in the face of existential threat. I don't know. I just I'm I'm hopeful that we'll unite to do space. I don't think we will. Mm, yeah, well, because there's too much profit to be had. It's so annoying. Why can't we just get on board with each other? Stupid profit. <laughs> it's it's not even like the stuff we're trying to do like is not even profit based. Like yeah, NASA is like let's explore, but I'm like NASA. If you got like an astro one asteroid and figure out space mining, you could fund yourself. Yeah, but I get I I don't know. Maybe they don't want to open the floodgates to that. Why not? I don't know. It kind of like seems the, like they're getting opened anyway. It's like and the NASA best might chance be we the have. First. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't Elon Musk own an asteroid? Yeah, why hasn't he got an asteroid? It's just not as sexy as colonizing Mars, I guess. I mean, NASA's planning on capturing an asteroid. Cool. Like that—that that is a plan. I think like by twenty thirty. That's to, not like, very launch. long from now. To like launch before twenty thirty. But uh, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I mean they're they're Could planning they like catching. I, I don't think so yet. Until they're looking, they're waiting for something that's gonna be like nearby. Yeah. I just haven't spotted the good one yet. But that's the plan. having to, like go to the belt or anything. Yeah, because they want to like bring one nearby and like have it and like basically give Earth another moon, which seems bold. Um, oh, like damn. that seems like a gutsy move. You better not fuck up that math. <laughs> and we're dead. <laughs> oh no, we did the metric uh, imperial thing again. <laughs> God damn it, guys! This was a, kind of a big deal not to fuck up. This is important. <laughs> we fucked it. Less, is there ever more important to not fuck up your mission, NASA? Oh, oh my god, god, we used Imperial gallons. Damn it. Yeah, you're not wrong, Peach. Who, who measured the volume of the ship in Imperial gallons? <laughs> Who's the asshole? <laughs> Who's that asshole? I would use cubic meters. I'm on board with cubic meters. <laughs> the volume of the ship. I don't know why that's so funny. It's just that gallons are supposed to have liquid in them. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cute in a volume, you're not wrong. It's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Welcome to our show. We just make yeah. stupid jokes about science and talk about a sci fi <laughs> book. That's it. That's all we do. Oh my god. So, what else? Alright, what else we got? Oh, I loved the memory room. That was a super cool idea. That was a very cool idea. 
And like props to them for thinking of that at the very beginning of the Empire. Yeah, that's surprising. Because you're yeah. like, oh shit, I can talk to the Prophet. Huh? Like, that was it. Then she was like, oh shit, I can talk to the Prophet. She's in here. Yeah, straight up. And the Prophet's like, hey, I'm not what you thought. <laughs> and he's like, What's you're up? really not. I'm the daughter of a marketer. <laughs> um, yeah, that was an extremely cool idea. And like, also seemed very sort of feasible if you really wanted to do it. Yeah, I think that was something you needed to do. I think that's possible. I think it's uh, I think it's kind Obviously, of cool. Either. We did jump ahead a bit in technology, but still, they were very. I, th- I think generally speaking, we could probably do it within ten years if someone like concerted themselves to it. Maybe. I don't I think, think that's we could true. Do, like a lot of things, though. I don't think we could do like the, uh, like the whole like seed of the network idea, and like they just like implant a seed, and that's it. I think uh, we'd have to you know, do- install the whole thing at once you know like, like it sounded like they kind of like inserted oh, yeah. se- uh, some sort of seed and that kind of grew into the network oh yeah they did say that I-, I forgot that was so long ago but yeah that's true that part might not be as uh as possible at first they probably improved yeah. this technology over time though you're Maybe right less traumatic for new emperors <laughs> less like she has scar lines going down all her arms or something um, I thought it was an interesting nod, and you only see it in the context of Nalfa's family, that there's, like, republicanism alive in the Empire. Mm-hmm. And there are, like, people who don't believe that there should be an emperor. Or at least, I think that, I don't think as much as there shouldn't be an emperor, I think there's, the emperor should have a lot of limitations. Yeah. Because yeah, the emperor true. is still the, ho- the head of the House of Wu. They're constitutional monarchists. <laughs> yeah, no, they're constitutional monarchists, which is cool. I'm on yeah. board with that. But it kind of is what there is. I mean, I guess, I mean, the emperor does have power on her own. But she is beholden to other people. Like, when you hear the story of Greyland the First, um, who basically was, like, trying to do something about Dallas Isla and got, you know... Cece, good pull on that memory, though. I know. I, I didn't even know Dallas that I had Isla. the name when I started that sentence. <laughs> that was good. That was a good pull. Thank you. Um, she, but she wanted to do something about Dallas Isla. Like, she was listening to the physicists, but, like, Parliament stopped her, basically. You know, I got the feeling when they were talking about that, though, that she could have overridden them, but they wouldn't have gotten anything done. Because they, like, they would have dragged their feet, and she, I think... Full force. I get the feeling that the Emperor has full authority, and the Parliament's there as, like, quote-unquote an advisor, but sometimes they have more power than not, and they also have the, they can also, like, impede stuff a lot. So it's just easier to sometimes bend with them instead of forcing them to do what you want. Um, maybe. I think it's somewhere in the middle, like... The Emperor, I think, does have more power than Parliament, but I don't think Parliament is, like, a symbol, you know? I think Parliament has the real power. I think, like, the Executive Committee probably doesn't have real power. I think it depends on who's Emperor. Well, yeah, I guess that's true, how easily, like, influenced they are. Yeah, I think if they're, you know, strong... I mean, you heard, um, I can't remember his name. You said Dallas Cisla, and I can't remember her father's name. Um, Otavio the second. Otavio. I think you're right a second. Alright, so Otavio had, <laughs> you know, he had a pretty firm hand in everything because mm-hmm. he was a very strong emperor. And he expected his son to be another strong emperor because he knew that's what the um, the interdependency needed. Yeah. I wonder, that's did why they say he was if, his son, if his son knew about the collapse of the flow? Uh, no, they never talked about it. And I get the feeling that Otavio wouldn't gonna... I think he wasn't going to show his hand. Because it's not like if he died, his son couldn't find out. Right, that's like, so true. His own, imagine, his own role up was like, is there anything I need to know? Imagine a world 
Yeah, imagine a world where you can keep secrets and not worry about, like, letting them out before you die, because it, it, they will be let out if the person needs to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, there will be that like, must hey, be by so the freeing. <laughs> you don't have to feel that much pressure in your final days to, like, make sure that you say everything that needs to be said, because the, the computer will do it for you later. Well, you have to do it if you're talking to anyone but the new emperor. Well, yeah, but still. Who other than who other than your heir like really needs to know things? That's true. In most cases. And that's fair. I mean, if you have like emotions, like you only tell people how you feel or something. <laughs> but you're right. But I mean, I mean, the memory room can tell people how you feel. It just will tell them like <laughs> the very deadpan, blunt, very true version of how you felt last time you uploaded. <laughs> I loved you, but like not a lot. Yeah, I loved like you, but not bit. as much as your brother. <laughs> I really loved your brother. Damn, he was my favorite. <laughs> Total favorite child status. He was Otavio's favorite. Yeah, for sure. I can't remember the brother's name. Me neither, because he was not my favorite. Ra- Reynold? Something like that? I don't care. Whatever. Fuck him. He's dead. Um, he's dead. Who cares? He also got beheaded in a car crash. Who yeah, does that? It's crazy. Um, I kind of want to see... I want to see, like, an alternate universe, though, where he survives and he and Nadashe do get married and, like, how that would play out. Because the Emperor clearly was, like... Like, Atavio was clearly, like, no, they would have balanced each other. Like, your bro would have had this. And, I don't know, I think that's interesting. It would be interesting to to see that relationship. I think it would be very cool. Yeah. I think, first of all, they would just... It would be, like, a very... I think it would be a conniving relationship. There would be no love there. Yeah. It would be be a marriage of sneakiness. But, but that's very that's very royal. A union of egos. Yes. So you know. But I, I mean, think if, they could, been... if they could get going towards any particular goals, and I mean they they would have shared goals because they're both emperors, so it's in their both interests, or rather they're they're both like tied to the emperor chair, so like it's in both of their interests for the empire to thrive and everything. Like Nadashi yeah. would have gotten what she wanted by marrying the emperor and like having a son. So the only place that there would have been like I feel like real strife would be in the influence of their child. Yeah, you're right. And then like you know, as soon as the um, interdependency, the flow was going to collapse. But I think the uh, interdependency would well, have definitely it's... probably done better if they had if he had lived and they had gotten married. Do you? I'm... Do you think you would have done a better job than Cardinia? Yes, if only because... He was prepared for it. He was more prepared for it. Although, there is this. Maybe he would have thought, like, Nadashe did. And like maybe Nadashe would have convinced him that the interdependency was just going to shift. The flow was just going to shift to end, right? Yeah, I don't know. So maybe the interdependency would actually have been screwed. But, I mean, the point they made at the end of the book was, like, so true. And I hadn't been thinking about it, but it was so obvious once they said it. Like... It doesn't matter whether the flow shifts there or not. End is now the most important system in the interdependency. Like, yeah, either because, yeah. you know, Nadashe's girl was right and all the flow streams are going to shift there, or because all the flow streams are going to collapse, but end's the only place that humanity can really be sustained. Yeah. So, you know, you're right. It is still going to be the most important system. Uh, side note? Well, what was his name? What, what is um, the dad's name? The Duke? Oh. Duke Claremont? Duke Claremont. I don't remember anything. Or Count, Count Claremont. Count Claremont. <clears throat> yeah, sure, because Dukes are uh, in control of systems. Yes. Um, yeah, so Count Claremont, when he was... I don't get why he and... Why, like, uh... Oh, God, I forgot his name, too. Grendel? 
Grindy? Grindy. Grindel? That is not that. Isn't that the dragon in Beowulf? Um, yes. Actually, I think it's a giant. But yeah. Uh, it's some sort of, it's like, like nondescript monster. It's like an monster. ogre. It's definitely a monster in Beowulf. Um, okay. Anyway, so Grenny, <laughs> so that, that's just how I think about Grenny. <laughs> nondescript monster? <laughs> yes. But kind of clear my mind, I was like, you need my help. But I don't understand why he needed, why Grenny needed this help. Because he now knows what Count Claremont knows, that the flow is collapsing. So, like, well, Count Claremont seemed awfully cocky about the whole awfully thing. Awfully confident that Grunny needed him? Yeah, like, what is Count Claremont contributing? Um, I don't know, maniacal laughs. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he was a little maniacal laughy in that last scene with him. <laughs> Listen, kid, you need my help. Your maniacal laugh sucks. If you're going to be an evil dictator... You gotta work on the laugh. <laughs> Granny, no one takes you seriously, because your name is stupid. <laughs> like, God, stop. Ahmed's, Ahmed's an okay name, Nadashi's a fucking awesome name, and then Granny? Granny? I imagine Granny... No, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and guess that Granny isn't his name. Like, his name's probably like Grenonold or something. <laughs> Grenonold. <laughs> But he decided that was a fucking stupid name, so he went with Grenny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad choice, guy. It's either Grenny or Grenadol. <laughs> or Nold. He could be Nold. <laughs> He's like, there's no way. You gave me a name that, that sucks, and there's no way to make a better, shorter name out of it. <laughs> it just sucks all around. This is a shitty name, and I hate you. There's no. But if he. <laughs> If he had a real stupid name on the other side, you know Kiva would have been using it. That's true. Kiva would have been dropping that left and right. Unless it's like a dark family secret. I know, right? No one could ever know. (laughs) Poor third child. One day she sees his driver's license and makes fun of him forever. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, Granny was an interesting character (laughs) because he seemed very, like... He seemed very intimidating and, like sociopathic and like very very smart in the beginning mm-hmm. and then everything starts unraveling and then you're like oh poor granny <laughs> yeah i feel bad for him i know he seems kind of like a little doofy hey, it's i, mean, I baby don't think granny. he is doofy i think he is all those things but like should just started going sideways because he overreached and then everything's fucked you know what was real everything. cute though was when he was mm-hmm. thinking about his sister saying be bold and then be duke of end and he like smiles to himself that was cute Mm-hmm. And then he moment. starts killing people. Then he starts killing people. <laughs> Which is They're less so cute. sweet. Granny's <laughs> very interesting. He definitely goes from being like a big villain to being like, oh, Granny. <laughs> oh, little Granny. Yeah, because you mean Nadashe who kills their brother. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's a villain. Nadashe. Oh, that's, I didn't think that's... she was that evil, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't think she would try to kill him. Neither did Ahmed. <laughs> also, why did she try to kill him? Like, he was, like... I don't know, he wasn't doing uh, incredibly badly with the Empress. Um, I think that it was a sort of, like, competing cost thing. Like, is it more valuable to... I mean... Hmm. Was she hoping the Emperor would actually die? Well, if she did, then what's the... I guess that she would make a play from the Executive Committee? Yeah, probably. And the point is, like... Having Ahmed there too meant that nobody could point the finger at her because who would do that? Hmm, that's a good point. But there were like there are cousins of the House of Wu. There are other people that are related 
that would get the you throne. Know, of the House of Nahumpin? No, the House of Will. Why would like, she... Oh, 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 you mean that who would like, have yeah. more claim to the throne. Exactly. Like, if she, oh, okay. if, um... Yes. If Cardania died, then... Nadache it, wouldn't necessarily... Yeah, but there, there's other people that were that were mad because she was kind of a recognized heir all of a sudden that because it sounded like it seemed like Otavio was like okay yeah, I have this daughter but she wasn't like an official heir like, or, like she, wasn't, she wasn't in line necessarily yeah until like probably until his son died and he was right. like alright shit gotta, gotta bring her from the minor leagues and <laughs> you're up kid yeah you ready no okay I'm dying bye <laughs> Beats, enjoy. I'll see you in the memory Too bad room. Bitch. <laughs> Where I'll tell you what I really think. <laughs> You're shitty, and I hate you. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, yeah, so, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Nadashi doesn't seem always super clear in her motivations. I don't know. Maybe she didn't expect Ahmed to die. Maybe. It was interesting. I, I I was curious why they went like in two different directions when the security came up and grabbed him. I think because they are in the middle of the room and they're like, one of them has to live. <laughs> we'll try both. <laughs> well, I mean, no, so I think his security grabbed him and her security grabbed her, and I think they're like, well, if they go in the same direction. Guards. I don't think they were Imperial Guards. But yeah, I guess they if, they, if they both have posses and they're going to, towards the same door, there's going to be some competing interest happening. Exactly, it's competing interest and also, like, blocking each other. Just, like, period, yeah. like, accidental, you can only get so many people through a corridor at the same time. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, like... Like so, somebody's got to go through first, and obviously that would be Cardinia. So maybe they had to take Ahmed the other way because that was their best yeah. shot. Because that was the best shot to get Ahmed out. So you're right. Yeah. Ma- ma- if it was Imperial Guards, I could see that being the reason. Yeah. Um, even if it wasn't, I still see that being the reason. Actually, those Imperial Guards were like so heroic. <laughs> so were, moved by them. Yeah, they were kind of badass. And then, like, I like the Imperial Guards at end that were like, like do not. I I love the do uh, not the involve us. <laughs> do not involve us, but also do not fuck with us. <laughs> and do not fuck if with you, Count Claremont. If you try to force us to get involved, you will regret it. Also, leave Count Claremont and his kids alone. It'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, I love calls like, abducting children? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that like, whole scene with Granny getting, like, shat on by, from every direction was the best. Oh, yeah, it was, like, four people had to call him about different things. Like, the was, Duke was pissed. the same things TVH, like... Uh, and then the pirates about- want to kill him, and, like, ugh. Rough times be gunny. Why does everyone want to kill me? Because <laughs> you're a dick. Because <laughs> you you screwed over everyone, Granny. And you have a stupid name. <laughs> you have a stupid name, Grenadold. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, <sighs> that was pretty good. Alright. Do you have anything else you see? Is there like a thread that we didn't talk about? We had Granny. We didn't really talk about Mars. Eh. I mean, he's just, he does fine. He's an important he's character. Okay. There's <laughs> not really much to discuss on his storyline that doesn't play into anything else. What do you think the likelihood of him... Alright, CZ, what's your bet? In the next book, are him and Cardania going to become a thing? Or are they going to make like a super good platonic friendship? Um, well, I don't know. I was like, wait, are we going love triangle with this? I don't think Kiva really gives a shit. Yeah, Kiva's gives a shit. I think Kiva's grown fond of him, but she, she'll be fine. Um, I don't know. I feel like... They're gonna focus on platonic friendship for a while, and then, like, something's gonna be there, but they're not gonna really be able to, like, be together, because of the Empire, for some Not reason. until the last book. Yeah. <laughs> Let's tie it all together. And then the victorious musical play. Yes. Glorious. I'm trying to think. Marsdenia. I'm trying to think of their couple names. 
Mardinia. Huh? Mardinia. Mardinia? No, Mardinia. Mardinia. I don't know. The S seems important. No, that's his whole name. You don't take the whole name. You and Albert aren't like Cacalbert. Cacalbert. We don't have a couple name. But I do petition for Cacalbert. Cacalbert. Since there's uh, an opening, I'm going to submit. Cacalbert's better than Salbert. Which I think is the alternative. <laughs> My name is not pronounced Kikilia. <laughs> no, I think he's CC. Cacalbert's so good. Just don't even mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Alright, so Salbert? No, that's worse. No, I'm, I'm saying with Kikalbert. But my name is either pronounced Kikilia. Tell me what. Ask Albert, and I bet he goes with Kikalbert. I will. Workshop, though. Sorry. Get back to us next episode. Okay, yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. We're gonna wrap this up. Yeah, I think that's about uh, gonna be the end of it. Eh? Uh, eh? <laughs> nope, there's another book. Uh, no, that's, yeah, there's there's two more books. Wait, yes, two more books, I think. Anyway. Well, I mean, there's one more book like out or coming out momentarily. Yes. One more that we All can right. actually read. So, where can they find us, Cece? If they want to get in touch with us, they can email us at sci-fi sidebar at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. Mm-hmm. Or Facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar if they want to keep in touch for updates and so on and so forth. Or just go to signifynothingnetwork.com and go ahead and hit that subscribe button there. If you go on there, you can go to the sci-fi sidebar page, and uh, we have all sorts of uh, ways to subscribe, email, on your phone, Apple, Android, whatever. We got you back. Sorry, a discussion thread in our forum. Please. <laughs> or on our Facebook page, either way. But most of all, we would love it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can rate and review podcasts. Wherever you your normal rate and review podcasting service. Or share us with your friends, or both. Please. <laughs> that would be so, super awesome. I like that. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Then um, this has been Sci-Fi Side. Oh, wait, Cece, next book. What? Oh, God, yes, next book. We are our... Right. Okay, we are going to... Don't judge us. Experimentally. No, they... Hang on. Guys, video games have great sci-fi in them, okay? But we recognize that not all of you will have the ability to play a video game, a specific video game, because it could be a console exclusive, as is the case with our next video game-based topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> we Drum are roll. going to do a book from that universe. I think the first book from that universe. Well, right, Peter? yes. Depends on which say where you're saying first. It was the first published. Okay, we are doing Halo: The Fall of Reach, which I have never read, but I'm very excited to. I've never read a video game book, but I've heard great things. I've read the whole series. It's a good series. Uh, we're, oh wait, very specifically, we're reading the one by Eric Nyland. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Not the <laughs> one by that faker. There's two, and we literally had a conversation about how it was extremely important that we tell you who the author is. And Eric I Nyland. I just fumbled that one. Eric Nyland. Halo, the it, was Fall published, of Reach. it was published in like 2001 
Um, it's available on Kindle for like $10. There's other versions available. And it's like also super easy to, I'm not going to officially condone this, but pirate. Because uh, it's like, you know, a 17-year-old <laughs> book. And video gamers read it, so they're really good at pirating stuff. They're very good on the on the torrent pages. Yes. If, <laughs> if I would condone those sorts of things that are illegal. <laughs> which I don't. Yes. Anyway, so um, yeah. So yes, um, that, that is our next book. So, bear well, I think us. we're also going to, I mean, we're, let's be honest, DC, we're going to include some conversations from other things in yeah, this universe. Yeah, I mean, universe. like, if you can or want to play Halo, you totally should. It's a great series, very dear to our hearts. Oh, very dear. Particularly the original trilogy, although maybe I'll start uh, the other, the later games too. Cause I think original trilogy, let's not get too hasty with trilogy. trilogy. is perfect. Alright. <laughs> Halo 2 is okay. Okay. Well, I haven't played it in a long time. The first Halo is perfect. Anyway, Halo, the first Halo is perfect, and I replay that regularly. <laughs> Point is, games, totally worth playing if you happen to have an interest and you want to sort of, like, further color the world that you're going to be I, reading about. I will say that Halo Wars 1 and 2 and Halo 1 are available on the computer, so. Is that all? Not, not the rest of them? Nope. Okay. Well, anyway. Maybe Halo 2, but definitely those three. If you guys want to play them, you'll find them. <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right. So, thank you so much for listening to Sci-Fi Sidebar. Thank Sci you. This has been Sci-Fi Sidebar, but the signifying... No oh, wait. Next episode comes out October 1st. <laughs> this has oh, been Sci-Fi Sidebar. Peter, what? that was the day that that book was published. I just saw that on the Goodreads page. Oh, no it was shit. published October 1st, 2001. So on the well, 17th anniversary of that book's publication, when it's we meant to do that. Wizard, we, will we did we did this again what? we meant to do that we're so good about this <laughs> what? picking the right books when they're supposed to happen oh yes in order on their anniversary whatever yes this it has been sci-fi sidebar by the signifying nothing network a tale told by idiots we prove it every week <laughs> bye, bye. thanks for listening